Welcome back to 33 Dreams of Indy. I'm your host, Robert Earl, and today I'm excited to be joined by Corey Enders, driver of the uh, D-Force Racing entry in the Indy Pro 2000 series. Corey, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. How are you, Robert? I'm doing fantastic. Thanks for asking. Mm -hmm. Uh, just want to jump right in, a little recap of Portland. I know you uh, would like to forget about race number one because you were a victim of the Yunkos uh, 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 teammate-on-teammate crime that occurred in turn one um, that uh, caught you up, but uh, started 10th, uh, rallied back to 11th. Uh, let's talk a little bit more about uh, how your race went in race number two. Yeah, I mean, it wasn't, you know, Portland was a tough weekend for us because we went there last year with our you know our, my teammate Moy and uh got very little data so we were kind of backpedaling the whole weekend just to clarify um so we didn't really nail the setup for either of the two races uh so race two went a little bit better um another hectic start you know turn one just creates just incredible spectating views for the for the viewers but uh horrible racing conditions for the drivers so you know, that charge into turn one's pretty tough. I got pushed out on the exit of turn two, trying to go around the outside of the chaos of the apex there at one. So um, that didn't really work out. So I kind of got pushed to the back a little bit. I thought I had wing damage, um, but I didn't, and was able to race my way back. I, I don't actually remember where I finished in that race. We rallied, rallied back to 10th and what I kept track of, and, and it's something I've touched upon a couple of times on the Road to Indy series is, uh, what are your laps looking like past the halfway point when the car has equalized, the tires have come in, fuel's burned off a little bit? I myself had you noted that lap 21, 22, and 24, you set your personal fast lap of the race. And uh, actually, that would have ranked you, I, th I think, on my calculations, the sixth fastest lap of the race. So um, really a, a way to recover once you got a little bit of clean air and were able to uh, get going and, and rally back to 10. Yeah, definitely. And, and I do remember that I was catching uh, Jacob Abel and Nikita Listoshkin as well. Um, and right there at the end, I think I was a 10th off them at the line. Yeah. I uh, got yeah. a good exit out, out of 12 and uh, kind of pushed the exit there. But it was, um, you know, the car is really consistent all throughout the race. I have to say that uh, we didn't, experience a huge tire fall off at the end like a lot of other teams do um but uh we also didn't have the fastest car so i'd say we were just somewhere in between that safe zone of being averagely fast yeah and um, not having a peak in the tire in the beginning you know because we started with one fresh new rear left or a new rear left um and that kind of helped us in corners like turn four turn seven uh where we really had to lean on the rear left of that car uh, so that was nice to have for the race. Uh, but, you know, I think going into Laguna, like you talked about, we're, we're going to take an adapted setup of our Portland setup a little bit and uh, try to work with that to accommodate to the low grip, you know, low grip levels that Laguna Sega offers. Because we were testing there um, in the Skip Barber cars at the, okay. uh, I don't know what series that was. It was the, some like low level training that yeah. it's just a good good way to get some track time and not not the Indy Pro 2000, but an open wheel car. So uh, we found out that the grip levels are pretty low there. So we're okay. going to try to accommodate to that. Yeah, and and that seat time is always so important for that that road to Indy. Uh, talk to me a little bit about seat time that you get outside of the uh, time that you're there. Um, and I can also use this as an opportunity. 
I love to uh, give drivers like yourself an opportunity to give a shout out to the sponsors. So maybe you could blend the two of them together and, and talk about your sponsors. And um, I like to use the term, um, uh, might be dating myself, but no bucks, no buck Rogers uh, to be able to put the car on the track. So give a shout out to your sponsors and then uh, talk about what you do with your seat time when you're not actually at the racetrack with an Indy Pro 2000 car. Yeah, so I don't do I don't do a whole lot of other um, racing series. The only ones that I am planning on doing are F4 in Mexico and the NACM F4 series, okay. and the singular race at Circuit of the Americas in early September with F1 and the US F4 series. Okay. Um, so those are the only two races I plan. Um, D-Force as a team though is soon to join the LMP2. Or I'm sorry, LMP3 series. Okay. So uh, I, we have one of those cars at our home track in MSR Houston uh, and here in Texas. So we're planning on getting me in that car soon. Okay. Uh, probably during the off season when I have a little bit more time to spare. Um, but most of the time, Robert, I spend on my sim. Actually, the reason I'm, I'm slightly late to this meeting is because I was on the simulator. Uh, my coach and I were testing at Laguna Seca and our factors. Okay. They, they put the okay. new Pro 2000 cars in there. So. I set up a server and we were running there. Fantastic. Uh, um, well, see, you need to go faster and then you'll be on the <laughs> exactly. No, but that's, yeah. that's, that's the whole intention of it and getting the, the uh, feedback. How, how much are you doing with your sponsors out on the track and, and working with customers? I know that that's something that uh, maybe folks aren't as familiar with or they haven't listened in as your story regarding that. Yeah, so I have, um, I have two, two main sponsors uh, that I work on track with, and it's Mercedes-Benz of Sugarland and McLaren Houston. So uh, we, they do quarterly track events um, at MSR Houston and sometimes Circuit of the Americas here in Austin, uh, where our customers basically come out to the racetrack and uh, they either own a car or they're looking to buy one. Um, either way, they can be not so familiar with it or completely familiar with it, and they're perfectly fine to come to this track event. Um, I'll take a new coming person to McLaren. Let's just use McLaren as a example. Um, if they've never heard of a McLaren before, I'll take them in the car, walk them around the car a little bit, kind of tell them the specs and how great those cars really are. And then I'll prove it to them by I'll take them for four or five hot laps on the track and uh, really show them what that does. And I, I like to say these cars sell themselves on the racetrack. I mean, they really do. Uh, it's, it's one thing to see it in a showroom or to drive on the highway with it now, that's cool but you go on the racetrack and you really experience what a, a road legal race car can do it's just phenomenal so that's something i work with with mclaren a lot and that has a lot of success um Mercedes, if you're going to make that sort of investment making a trip as well uh, to see what you're investing in how, how get some points some tips uh, because, you know, when you're buying into that, whether it be the Mercedes or the McLaren, it many times at the, at the level that you're taking on the track, you're buying into a bit of a lifestyle. You're going to be taking that out to your, your club track of VIR or something along that line. Uh, so it's great to get that type of experience and have somebody that's uh, uh, actually actively racing to be able to do that with them. Absolutely. And, you know, people people love to buy these cars and then they, they have no idea about the racing world and then they just get completely absorbed in it, as you know. You know, our world tends to grab people by the horns and pull them straight in. So uh, it's really cool to actually show people that for their first time, you know, they have no idea about racing and then they get into it. I've had a couple guys actually join the SCCA 
um, okay. and buy some Mazdas and do some of that club level racing because you can't drive a McLaren on the track all the time. You know, no. If that's your road car, you can't beat the hell out of it. All the time, no, so. but it, but it gives you gives you that opportunity to uh, uh, get the exposure, and and it's great that your sponsors are, are are backing you and and being able to go through it. So I always like to like I say give give the shout out to to them and and be able to 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 go through it. Um, you are a unique individual in that you came to this a little bit later, but you take a very analytical approach to uh, um, the the racing. And, and I got to share a personal experience of being able to uh, uh, follow you. We're going to talk about a high note of following you to the podium um, after that uh, fantastic race. If the uh, NTT IndyCar Series hadn't put on a great show on Saturday night, um, the Indy Pro 2000 series at, at Gateway was the race of the weekend up to that point. Uh, a lot better even than the, the K&N combined series. Uh, and the show you put on of um, uh, leading, um, being able to um, uh, hold on to the second place uh, behind uh, uh, Kyle Kirkwood. And then uh, that dicing back and forth is uh, that restart kind of caught you at third. Um, I saw an adrenaline level that you had as you were walking from the track to it. And you talk about the sim. How do you, how do you handle that from a mental standpoint, but how do you recreate that situation where you're getting the heart rate up and, and uh, you were in uh, I wouldn't say unfamiliar territory, but it's a situation where uh, you can't really recreate that on a sim. I would imagine. Uh, you, Honestly, it's not. It's never the same. Obviously, it's not the same as being in real life and, and being with all those people and having that champagne sprayed in your face. That's a. That's an awesome thing. But I have to say, uh, when I do online races, like in iRacing or, or mostly iRacing is where I do my online racing. But when I'm queued up, like when I do a full race situation, like where you do the practice, qualifying, and then you qualify and pull in the race, and then you're sitting there waiting for all the other drivers to load into the race. Yeah. It's like, you're like, wow, this is actually like a real race, you know, and I have my three monitors set up and all these guys are really good. I mean, there's a lot of talented people in iRacing. So it, it does recreate like some of those emotions that you feel like the fear okay. before the race and those final laps where you're just trying to make consistent laps and, and get it to the end. And the tires are dying. And then when you finally cross the line and everyone shows their appreciation in the chat, you know, like great race. It's, it's, it's very similar. You know, it's, I think it's the next best thing you can get than actually doing it in real life, yeah. for sure. Yeah, but I, I, I could just tell, and that's from the years of, of coaching and performance, those types of things. There was a, there was a level there that uh, uh, I, I hope you savor because it was, it was fantastic to see you uh, uh, succeed uh, from that standpoint and, and be able to soak it in. So uh, uh, that, was, that was real nice to see and, and uh, we look for you to, to uh, uh, replicate that many times as, as you come up. Um, Laguna Seca, you've been there testing in a, in a different type of car, obviously, and the, and the low grip level. Uh, what are you expecting to see there? Um, you know, you're, you're solidly seventh in points, um, and um, I'm sure you're looking to uh, add on to the points there, but well, what's your approach towards that, that weekend? You know, every time I... I calculate an approach to a weekend and try to premeditate what's going to happen. It never really goes my way. So what I've been doing recently, something I did at Gateway and at the Gateway test prior to the actual weekend, 
is I just kind of went out there and I didn't expect anything from the car. I didn't expect anything from the team or myself. I just went out there and drove and forgot about everyone else and saw where we were. Okay. And then you have to take that and like, there's only one way you can get better and get faster. And it's if you get faster yourself, you know, no one else yeah. is going to get slower around you. Don't worry about everyone else. Just try to better yourself. And that's something I've been doing. So I think that's my approach to Laguna. I'm going to show up there and with an open mind, open eyes, and try to take in all the information that I can. And I'm, I'm very familiar with that track. That track is a very soft spot, spot in my heart. I think I okay. said that in the uh, interview you were there for yeah. in, uh, in Gateway. But that, I think that's going to work for us because we know we're quick there. We, uh, I actually won a national class race there in, in, in Pro, Indy, not Indy Pro, I'm used to that now, Pro Mazda back yeah. in 2016. So I think we have the pace to do it. I think we Fan, do. Fantastic. Yeah, that, that, that fits into it. Um, chess. Tell me about chess. Yeah, I've, I've got my chess set right over there, actually. Okay. Right okay. I, I love chess. I've been playing it since I was a senior in high school. So I started a little late. Um, but I've done so much with it now. I mean, it, it's taught me so much about mentality. And like just how to control yourself and premeditate moves and think about everything that you need to be thinking about. Um, it's just one of those games, you know, that you can't get an experience like it anywhere else. It's it's so complicated, but so simple to the you know the average eye. Uh, there's so many things you can think about and plan, and so many different strategies. It's just it's just like racing, and that's why I actually did an entire uh, segment um, with chess magazine about why chess is so similar to racing and it's that you can take a aggressive approach mm -hmm. or you can take a slow calculated approach and i think there's a lot of drivers that do just that you know like scott dixon he does such a, a calculated slow style approach and then you have someone like colton herda or joseph newgarden who are just always balls to the wall racing which is great and both are good in different scenarios but Chess is about mastering when to do what of those, which of those scenarios you need to do when. So, and I think the racing is the same thing. So the better I get at chess and the better I get at racing, the better I get at the, the other as well. Yeah. And it, it's, it's a completely different <laughs> segment of the mind. And, and I think that youngsters, we're talking about grade school, et cetera, but here I would be king for a day. Um, should have that type of exposure, but we also should have exposure to uh, balancing a checkbook and doing a lot of the things that uh, school doesn't really uh, uh, fit us for. It took me many years in a career to finally figure that out. And yeah. <laughs> uh, what, what do I want to be when I grow up? And, and, and to look at those types of things. Um, don't want you to give away anything, reveal anything, but uh, how excited are you for the off season? Very, very excited. Um, I, you know, this has been a tough season for us. Um, a lot of doubt was put in my mind midway through the season, especially at Road America when we were having engine troubles. Uh, but I think, I think we've got the key to the problem, the solution. And uh, that's something we're going to be implementing over the offseason. We have got quite a few test dates lined up at some tracks that we're going to be going to. Um, and I also have those two races in Mexico and here in Austin. So... I'm feeling pretty prepared, um, and I'm also going to be doing quite a lot of sim work in the offseason, as well as testing at our home track. So a lot of things to be done in the offseason. A lot of driving is going to be done, but also a lot of relaxing and traveling. So 
That's good. A little yeah, bit of everything. A little bit of everything. It, it can be it can be hectic, and and uh, having that downtime is is very very important as well. But also building that notebook because um, your analytical background will really lead towards uh, uh, being a valuable teammate as well uh, with that baseline for folks to come back. And that's just my observations of of. Uh, being around. I have no idea how to make the car do what you get it to do. Uh, yet you, when you see enough laps, you can point at something and say, yeah, there, there's, there's the key or there's something that goes on to it. And, and that notebook that, that goes in there. Um, you know, I appreciate you taking time to uh, uh, join us today. Um, I love telling the stories of uh, the, the dreamers, those that look to be one of the coveted 33. Um, one day in Indy. Um, not everybody gets to do that. It's different paths that go into it, but uh, uh, you and D-Force definitely have uh, plans uh, um, to uh, progress up through the, the ranks, and it's uh, nice to have the backing of, of that team and your partnership with them is, is really showing uh, as it comes through uh, uh, to go into it. So I'd love to catch up with you after Laguna Seca, a little bit uh, fresher uh, recap on it. And then we uh, touch base a couple times over the off season, let folks know uh, uh, more about you and, and the opportunities that you have available and uh, would love to do that. Definitely. And thank you so much for having me on the show, Robert. You got it. I, I appreciate it so much. And uh, where, where are, where's that beautiful view that you have in the background? Are you in, in Houston or Austin? Oh, no, I'm in Austin. This is my, uh, my new condo in Austin that I just recently purchased. I've been dabbling in the uh, real estate investment world. Okay. So kind of touching on what you said, because it, it meant a lot to me about in school, they don't teach you how to balance a checkbook or what, you know, what goes into buying a piece of real estate or doing anything that adults do or that yeah. you will have to do as an adult. I, I really wish they taught things like that. And, you know, that's something that I wish I could change and maybe I might sometime in the future. Might be might be something that also is a introductory class. I don't know if they do it in the Road to Indy series of folks to uh, kind of get that that exposure to uh, um, what is what do you have to look out for yourself? Kind of like the NFL does with the rookie symposium of of things to look out for. And uh, you just planted a little seed for me there. And and um, if you need a need a good uh, you know, after 20 years in real estate, you need anybody to bounce some ideas off of. <laughs> uh, can draw upon that notebook that I have uh, from that standpoint. And uh, love Austin, Texas, and uh, look to see you down there next year is uh, start covering the series uh, on the ground. So I appreciate you taking the time. Uh, go get them at La Laguna Seca. Um, solidify that uh, finish for the season, and we'll uh, touch base after it. Great. Thank you so much again, Robert. You bet. I appreciate Corey taking the time out of his schedule as he prepares to go into it. Uh, keep your eyes on uh, Corey. He's uh, one to watch. And uh, until next time, keep dreaming.